Thanks for listening to the Harvest Podcast. In this message, as we bring our series of Bold to a Close, Jason helps us to understand from a biblical perspective what bolder obedience looks like as we begin to live faith-filled lives. We pray that this message challenges you as you grow in your boldness. Bold obedience. And uh, George came to me and said to me, would you like to speak on bold obedience? I said, well, if I'm speaking, I think it should be called the bold and the beautiful. So, but I didn't, I didn't get that. So unfortunately, I will be speaking on bold obedience. But I want to start off by sharing a simple story. Talking, we started off with testimonies, and I've shared the testimony already. But I think it was, how, how long ago, George? Probably about three, four weeks ago. And basically what happened was I was sitting in my office and working really hard because that's what us staff do here. Yeah, we work really hard. We don't just drink coffee all day, and, uh, except for Darren. And a friend of mine walks into my office and he says, Jay, please can I borrow your car? Normally I'm quite happy to let somebody use my car um, and I'm, I'm generally quite generous in that sort of thing. But this specific day we had no fuel, like literally no fuel. And we had the reserve light tank on. And I was driving to work, actually, funny enough, that morning, and I prayed about it, and I said, Lord, okay, listen, seriously, Noah has just been quite ill. I don't know what you've got to do. We're doing a series on bold. George and I are putting this whole message together about bold prayer. It was around about that time. And I said, that's it. I'm trusting you. I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know how you're going to do it, but you need to get me home. Not only tonight, but you need to get me back to work the following day and back home again. And that was for the rest of the month. So I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, oh, what do I do? What do I do? And I feel this little nudge and I say, okay, fine. You can take my car. Use it. No problem. And I said to him straight, I said, but the, the issue is you're not going to be able to get very far. I don't have much fuel. So I let him go. And a few hours later, he comes back to me, my car keys, and he says, thanks, and then he leaves. I then get into my car later that afternoon to go home, thinking, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do, but like, let's just do this. Switch on the car, and there's half a tank of petrol. And I thought, well, geez, I was a lot more excited than you guys. But I was, I was blown away. I said, thank you, Lord, because that is a simple answer to prayer. It sounds like a little thing, but it is an answer to prayer. My obedience to listen to that simple little word and to actually hand off and help somebody else out, I was rewarded and blessed in the same way. My friend was blessed. I was blessed. But in the second, the second story, I uh, had another friend who came and shared that, that he was really struggling, and I felt the strong urge to give him the last hundred rand in my wallet. And I was like, oh, Lord, I think I must have eaten something funny for lunch because I'm getting that feeling again, you know, inside your stomach. And, and, and this feeling doesn't feel good. And I kept saying to myself, no, 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 it's the lunch. That's why I'm feeling funny. That's why I'm feeling like I want to give this money away. And, and it's, this is definitely not of God. This is because of the hamburger and chips that I had for lunch. And I didn't end up giving the money. And it made me question, what, what did that person miss out on? What blessing did they miss out on? What blessing did I miss out on? 
And so that's where I, I want you guys to stop and to, just to think about your obedience. And the whole series, we've been focusing on boldness, and we've, we've focused on amazing boldness. What does amazing boldness look like? What does bold prayer look like? Uh, what, what does bold speaking look like? And tonight we're going to focus on bold obedience. And, and to get you up to context, or, or to get you into the context of where we're at and where we're going to look at in Acts chapter 5, I just want to share a little bit of the background about where Peter and John have been and up to this point now. And as we read through chapter 4, we see that they're, they're incredibly bold men. They've stood up to the Sadducees. They've been straightforward. They've told them that these miraculous things are happening in the name of Jesus. And they boldly preach, irrespective of the way that they've been treated, irrespective of the way that they've been threatened. And they carry on walking down the road one day, and they come across this lame guy that's been there. He's been lame for 40 years. And they stop and they pray for him, and God does this miraculous thing, and he heals the guy. And these religious leaders are fed up. They do not like this one bit at all. But they can't do anything because God's doing miraculous things. The people are blown away. They're excited about it. People's lives are being changed. People are coming to accept Jesus. So what do they do? They had to put pressure on Peter and John to stop this movement. And they knew that they had to do it because at this point, if they didn't do something, the Roman Empire would come down and say, guys, you clearly don't have the situation under control. We'll show you how it's going to be done. And so it's at that point that we jump into Acts 5, verse 17 to 20. And it's, it's three verses, but I want to show you some incredible things that come out of this. And verse 17 says this. It says, Then the high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of this new life. Now there is a heck of a lot going on in those three verses and I want to share three simple little points and I want to help you to understand bold obedience a little bit better. The first thing is this, bold obedience usually triggers opposition. If you've been following the story, this is the second time in a short period of time that Peter and John had been thrown in jail. They were having a bad day, a really bad day. A lot of us would say, but I'm, I'm following God. I'm following Jesus. I live a good Christian life. I read my Bible every morning. I read my Bible every evening. Why am I struggling at school? Why am I not getting A's? Why am I having issues at work? What's going on there? I'm a good Christian. Scripture shows us that bold obedience usually triggers opposition. Every significant act of obedience will be met with opposition. I think back in, in Meg's in my life, when uh, I think it was about four years, probably five years ago, we made the decision to move to Durban, and everybody thought we were absolutely nuts. But we wholeheartedly believed that it was God, because we went to our respective bosses at the time, 
And we said, we're leaving at the end of the year. And this was right about June, July. And we said, we're leaving at the end of the year. We feel that we, we have to move to Durban. And my boss at that stage said, well, we were actually going to retrench you. So just hang on a few months and then we'll pay you out. And we'll just pretend like you didn't tell me that. So I thought, okay, well, that's obviously a sign from God. Then Megan's boss was also like, well, there's a little bit of a financial blessing. We saw it as a huge calling to Durban. We felt that we had to be bold in our obedience and move towards Durban. However, we had no jobs. We had no place to stay. People thought we were absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts. Why would you leave two jobs, a province where your entire family is there, who can support you when you get retrenched and don't have a job, why would you leave that and move to a completely different province when your family are miles away? Bold obedience often triggers opposition. But I want to give you a, a little bit of a food nugget, and I, I want you to think about this. Food for thought. If you're not ready to face opposition, you're not ready to be used by God. It sounds a little bit offensive, and people would think, oh, how can he say that from the pulpit? It's true. If you're going to be obedient and you're going to follow Christ, you are going to face opposition without a doubt. Look at the story of Peter and John as we follow them through Acts 4 and 5. Don't worry if you're facing opposition. Worry if you aren't facing opposition. Because if you aren't facing opposition, then there's room for improvement. Then clearly you're not listening to God, and you need to grasp onto what he's wanting you to do. The second point is this. Bold obedience often releases God's miracles. And in verse 19, it says, But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. So in the middle of a bad day, the provision of the Lord shows up through an angel. And I think throughout this entire message, putting this, this message together, this was the one verse that struck me and hit me right between the eyes. And I went to George, and George was also like, sure. Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, when he writes this verse, there's no excitement. It's normal. There's no craziness. If it were me that were writing that, I would have been like, you guys are not going to believe this. The ground shook. It was shaking. Then all of a sudden, there was this huge glow. The bolts in the jail cell like started rattling. Luke doesn't do that. Luke just simply says, but during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. It's, it's an everyday thing to him. It's normal. It's normal. Which gets me thinking that for them, they expected it. It's normal to them. When you're obedient and you follow God's ways and you do what he's called you to do, expect miracles. Expect him to show up. Expect him to do the miraculous. I'm not saying, please don't get me wrong, I'm not saying don't get excited and be like, whoa, wow. Wow. Because I, I would be. 
but expect it. Bold obedience leads towards the miraculous things of God coming through. Bob Hazlitt, who we had last week, he followed his calling. He followed his calling. And because he followed his calling, on numerous occasions, he sees the miraculous happening. I watched him closely on Sunday nights at Emmanuel. Bob was stoked when people got healed, but he didn't go over the top. Why? Because Bob expects it. He knows that it's coming. Bob is obedient, and he knows that where he's obedient, God will come through. In our lives, for Megs and I, when we moved to Durban, we, uh, through a bit of frustration, I ended up Googling church jobs. Weirdest thing, I don't know why I did it. I, I believe it was a Holy Spirit moment, but I Googled church jobs, and we found a job in Durban North for a Sunday school teacher. And so Megs and I applied for the position, and by the grace of God, we managed to actually get the position. The only problem was that we stayed in Winklesprat, which is a good 45 minutes away. And when you have no salary, it's quite a difficult task to get to Durban North, especially when it's 45 minutes away. But we were faithful, and we said, okay, fine, if this is what you've called us to, we're going to do it. We started our car on numerous occasions, the little light would come on and we'd be like, fine. I don't know what it is with God and us and petrol. but So we start our car, the little light comes on, we drive through to, to work. And uh, Megs and I were like, okay, Lord, again, you need to get us through this. We go through the day at the office, plan for the Sunday service, get everything ready. We get into our car and we start the engine and the little light comes on and we're thinking, jeez, okay, Lord, you clearly haven't come through. I don't know what's going to happen now. We don't know how we're going to get home. We're probably going to sleep in the car somewhere along the end too. And not a, a word of lies, somebody runs up to our car as we're busy reversing out and says to us, sorry, I'm so grateful that I caught you guys, but here's a little bit of cash. I just felt like I need to give you something for your petrol. Never, ever, ever, ever give up doubt that God will come through. It may seem like he's not going to come through, but I can promise you that without a shadow of a doubt, he will come through. I can speak from experience. There's days where I do get frustrated, I'm not going to lie, and I'm like, Lord, geez, I'd really like you to come through now, not later. But your obedience will lead towards miraculous things happening. Don't give up on him. The third and final point is a simple one, and it's, but I don't want you to lose the beauty behind it. And it says, bold obedience always requires faith. Acts 5 verse 20 says this. It says, go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of this new life. So in other words, what the angel is telling them is, go and stand in the courts and do a second time what originally got you thrown in jail. We often want the details, but I can guarantee you that if we got the details, we definitely would not be able to handle our callings at times. I can assure you that if it was George and I that were in that prison, I'm pretty sure that George and I would stand there, look at each other, and go, why? Like, that, that's, a, that's, why, why? I'm going to get thrown in jail again. That's just stupid. Why would I do that again? And I'm being honest. 
I would do that. But the thing is, Peter and John don't do that. They step up and they move forward. If Megs and I had known five years ago what we were going to get into when we left Cape Town, that we were going to spend our first year in Durban sleeping on a caravan mattress, that the only possessions that we owned that we would have in our little house would be the stuff that would fit in our little gets. For those of you that don't know what a a Hyundai gets is, it's a very small car. Our back seat was crammed. That's all we had. We left Cape Town, and that's all we took with us. And for a full year, that's what we lived on, caravan mattress. Had I known that, had Megs known that, I don't think we would have come. Had we known that we would have both been unemployed for two years, I don't think we would have come. Yet his miraculous power kept coming through, and not one night out of those two years did we go hungry. We always, always had a meal to eat. We always paid our car on time. Don't ask me how. But it always happened. We have a car in the parking lot now simply because God came through. Psalm 119 verse 105 says that your word is a lamp unto my feet. Now, How many of you have heard that verse? I think it's a verse that is often, often quoted. I want to show you something quickly. If I can ask everybody, well, not everybody, sorry, the guys just to kill all the lights, kill the projectors. And I want to be in a completely dark room. If we can kill the mains there. There we go. Okay. On my iPhone, this works out perfectly for me because thanks to, to you, you version, I now have the Bible on my phone. That verse says that your word is a lamp unto my feet. I'm reading my Bible. It's displaying light for me. It's a light unto my feet. I can only see, say, two or three steps in front of me. I know that there is a step here. I know that there's chairs somewhere over there in front of me. I know that if I take these two steps, I can step down. I carry on reading, reading, and the Bible keeps being a light unto my feet. Suddenly I can see the gap between the chairs. I now know that I can move forward that way. I know that further down there is a door at the end of the hall, but I don't know where the lock is. I need to take step by step by step until I reach that point. I see the door and I can physically unlock it and open the door. You see, the thing is, if I could see the entire path It wouldn't be about faith. I'd know exactly where to go. But the fact that I can see two or three steps in front of me, and I can only take two or three steps, and the fact that when I step forward, the Bible keeps revealing a little bit more, a little bit more. It's all about faith. It's all about faith. You want to start living an obedient life? Get into His Word. Get into His Word, and I promise you, Things will slowly become a lot clearer for you. Your decisions will become a lot clearer. You'll be making a lot smarter decisions. You guys can put the lights back on. Thanks. The writer of Hebrews, he he understood it. 
he got it perfectly when he said this. He says, Hebrews 11, 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. If I see the entire path and I walk the entire path my own way, what's the point? Where's God in that? But if I step by step trust in Him, miraculous things will begin to happen. And I will see incredible things. Verse 21 says this, At daybreak they entered the temple courts as they had been told, and they began to teach the people. Peter and John didn't delay. They did as they were told, and regardless of how weird the instructions were, they stepped out and they did it. Sometimes we, as Christians, need to realize that it's okay to be called weird because normal is not working. Normal is not working. It's okay to be called weird. In fact, when somebody calls me weird, I say thanks because that's the greatest compliment that they could give me. It means that I am on track and I'm following Jesus the way that I'm intended to and the way that he wants me to follow. It's okay to be weird because normal is not working. They didn't obey halfway. In fact, delayed obedience is disobedience and partial obedience is disobedience. Whenever God prompts you Obey completely and immediately. What is God asking you to do? What is your next step? Some of us, it might be to downgrade, trade that car in because you can't afford the payments. Get something a little bit cheaper. For some of us, it might be simply just pick up your Bible, blow off the dust, get past the coughing, and then read it. Others that might be go to the app store and download the YouVersion Bible app. It's free. People across the world are dying because they're reading the Bible, and yet we don't read it. What's up with that? For some of us, we might be called, and we know that we've been pushed to tithe at the church. Some of us have been encouraged to do that. For others, it might be something completely different. Pick up a phone and try and fix that relationship that was horribly broken. What is God calling you to do? I can't answer that. Only you can answer that. What I can tell you is that you need to be obedient. Be obedient, and I guarantee that you will see God come through in ways that you never, ever dreamed of Him coming through. So with that said, I want everybody to bow their heads. And there may be somebody here that feels like you've been, there's like a nudging on your heart. And God's tugging you and saying, it's time. It's time that you step up and that you boldly accept a new life with me. It's a new life with me. And I want to encourage you to be obedient and to grab onto him and follow him with everything that you have and follow him and experience a miraculous life.
the Bible says that you will be a new creation. And that alone is something miraculous. So if you've never accepted Jesus and you want to accept Jesus, I just want you, with all heads bowed and eyes closed, I want you to raise your hand. And if you have anything that you feel God is calling you to, and you want prayer for that, to be obedient, then I want you to raise your hand as well so that we can also pray for you. Father God, what an incredible series that we've gone through as we've learned that the more time we spend with you, Father, the bolder we become. And Lord, we know that it's not about being bold. It's about spending time with you, Lord. It's about getting to know you, Father. And the more we get to know you, the bolder we become because we know you personally. And so, Father, I pray for each and every person that raised their hands, Lord, that they get to know you more and more intimately, Lord, that they don't care about anybody around them, that they step up, that they ask the questions, that they read the Bible, Father that they learn more about you and ultimately that their lives reflect more of who you are. Lord, I pray that you just come through miraculously in, in areas of finance, in relationships, in work issues, Father, wherever it is that they require you and need your assistance and your guidance, Lord, I pray that you just come through, Father. But Lord, I pray that you give them the strength and the courage to be bold and to stand up and declare that it has got nothing to do with them, Lord, but it is all through your mighty power, your grace, your love, because you sent your son to die on the cross for us so that we may have everlasting life and that our sins may be forgiven and that we may be declared righteous in front of you, Father. Thank you, Father, for the incredible opportunity to spend time in your word, Lord getting to know you. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Harvest Podcast. We pray that you were ministered to and challenged to move forward in your relationship with Jesus. If you have a story about how you were challenged, we'd love to hear from you. And your stories encourage our staff and volunteers to keep sharing the love of Jesus through this ministry. You can share your story with us by sending it an email to us at media at harvestchurch.co.za and you can also connect with us through both Facebook and Twitter. We look forward to having you with us again soon.